Thursday, February 15th, and welcome on back to the Damon Bruce Show. I hope you had a lovely Valentine's Day. Good dinner, sweet snuggles, all the love in the world. Go get it. Uh, wow. So we were getting off the air yesterday when the news of Kyle Shanahan making a big decision came on down. Steve Wilkes gone. The fall guy? The man left holding the bag after the Super Bowl defeat. I actually think that Steve Wilkes might have had a better Super Bowl than Kyle Shanahan in a lot of ways. But look, this is Kyle's show. And he certainly let everyone know that once again with this decision that came down on Wednesday. It is good to have you here on a Thursday. Thank you for joining me. And let's just hop right in because the cheese officially stands alone. Kyle does not have an offensive coordinator. He is his own. He now doesn't have a defensive coordinator. I think he should part ways with his special teams coordinator, probably before anyone else. But that hasn't happened yet. There's no doubt. Look, there's absolutely no doubt this is Kyle's show. I mean, if you are in Kyle is trash, got to go camp, if that's who you are, you need another football team to go root for because this guy isn't going anywhere. As a matter of fact, he's even consolidating power. I mean, this is Kyle's show, and he makes his mind up quickly. When it was time to say goodbye to Trey Lance, he said goodbye to Trey Lance, and he wasted no time moving on from Steve Wilkes. So, you know, Wilkes, that defense, I really do. I think it outperformed the, the offense in the Super Bowl. You held Kansas City to 19 points in regulation, for goodness sakes. That's a, that's a pretty good operation. It really was. But as Pro Football Talk said, you know, the decision to hire a non-Seattle Cover 3 defensive coordinator to run a Seattle Cover 3 defense kind of weighed on the team this entire year. And Kyle doesn't want to have to come back and think about what his defensive coordinator's doing if things are working optimally. And when he called that timeout in the Super Bowl, when he saw another you know, defensive formation that he didn't like, that was maybe the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, it just wasn't a fit. The defense, it felt like it got worse as the postseason arrived. That's not a really good look. But the honest to God truth is, is that the 49ers just let go of a defensive coordinator who had a, a pretty decent year. You know, so this has to be about communication. This has to be about the get-along. This has to be about two guys not seeing eye-to-eye, eye and it's just not a smooth fit. And I don't want to hear a word about any sort of, well, blame the black guy. Not a word on that. This has nothing to do with Steve Wilkes' race, and I can prove that because not even last week the story going into the Super Bowl was the 49ers have done such an aggressive job hiring minority candidates and getting compensatory picks back for them. The rest of the NFL's angry at the 49ers. So you can't be, you know, the, the team that is literally benefiting wildly from minority hires getting jobs in other places and racist at the same time. So that that's not what's going on here. This is just a, a matter of fit. And look, there's just zero doubt about it. When Kyle doesn't like something, it's gone. That's the way it works. He is in charge. Full stop. This is his show. 
We keep on talking about, well, John Lynch has done a really good job as a general manager. I mean, has he? This, this is Kyle's show. This is Kyle's show. Always has been and will be for a very, very long time. He rules with an iron fist, and this iron fist landed on Steve Wilkes. And now Kyle is officially looking for his third defensive coordinator in his many seasons. Now, you know, look, the churn is never good. It's never good. Uh, you, you want some continuity. Continuity is a major missing ingredient. And for those teams that can afford that ingredient, I think that they have a distinct advantage over the teams that don't. Who's ever coming in has got an awful lot of work to do in terms of just keeping a pretty good thing going. So, I mean, I really think that more than anything else, you know, why was Steve Wilkes fired? Probably more than anything else, Talanoa Hufanga's injury. Is that what got it done? Because this defense took a step back when Talanoa Hufanga took a step off the field because he was injured for the year. Cheers. Mm. There is your sip of the day there. I knew I had to get it in a little bit early because uh, I was up a little bit early, which meant the coffee went on a little bit early, which means the cooling down is happening a little bit earlier on. So we just got to it right away right there, and that was delicious. Going back for a second right there. Niners finished fifth in takeaways with 28. They recorded 22 interceptions. That was tied for first in the NFL. The secondary, Steve Wilkes' specialty, did play well throughout an awful lot of the year. It was that defensive line that felt like it let the team down. And given this team's commitment to that defensive line from a draft standpoint, from a salary standpoint, I guess that that's where things need to improve instantly. Third in points allowed this season, but the Niners went to ninth in defensive EPA and sprung significant leaks, according to ESPN, during their run in the playoffs. They allowed Green Bay, Detroit, and Kansas City to average 5.1 yards per carry and 149.3 yards per game in the postseason, and that is why Steve Wilkes is gone. This team didn't tackle well, they didn't stop the run well, and that is just Steve Wilkes being the odd man out and a fit that didn't really fit to the point where they didn't even know where to put Steve Wilkes at the beginning of the year. Should he be up in the box? Should he come down to the sideline? Like it's just, it's clear that Kyle doesn't want to talk about his defense. It's clear that Kyle doesn't want to come over there and worry a thing about it. He just wants it taken care of, which you'd think would generate to a little bit more offensive razzle dazzle than it even did in this postseason. but that's another show. It's another story. Um, go hire Bill Belichick. I freaking dare you. If you really just want a, I don't care who gets credit for winning or losing, I just need to get to and win a Super Bowl, go hire Bill Belichick at twice your salary. Whatever you're making as a head coach, Kyle, give your defensive coordinator twice your salary to get him to come in. Just sit back and listen to everybody joke that you weren't good enough to get it done on your own. Why would you care if all you really care about is finally winning a Lombardi trophy? If Bill Belichick is a bridge too far, then I'm dead serious. If I were the 49ers, I would be on the phone with Bill Belichick and be like, why don't you bring your buddy Nick Saban? 
Jed York will buy the two of you a mansion. You split it in half. Uh, Belichick's on one side. Saban's on the other side. Two of you guys can share peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and just play defense and not worry about recruiting or offense or drafting a quarterback or anything. Like the two of you guys can just go have mental masturbation sessions over defense and you just, just party on defense. Just party. Just, just have a good time. Probably not going to happen, but a guy can dream, right? Mike Vrabel, Chris Kasurik, Chris Kiffin. There are names out there, and you get better get to one of them quickly. Better get to one of them quickly because the you know the world turns and the coaching carousel never stops spinning, even though everybody seems to be settled in the NFL. And that's again that makes this kind of rough on Steve Wilkes, right? Where's Steve Wilkes going to be coaching next year? Guess that's up to him to figure out. But the 49ers, they've got a couple of big names on the board for a big, big defensive coordinator open who's going to have this as the the baseline of your tenure. In your first year with the San Francisco 49ers as their new defensive coordinator, all you'll be asked to do is to win the Super Bowl. Job wanted. Opening vacancy. It ain't easy when you're at the top of the heap. And that is where the 49ers are. Have they reached the summit of the heap? They have not. But we know what the mandate is. The mandate is you better go win the Super Bowl in 2024, because after that, we are starting to talk about a closing championship window, unless Brock Purdy becomes the next guy who is literally... You know, this is everyone is laughing about any doubt about Brock Purdy from earlier in his career based on who he becomes. Let's see if that happens. But the moving pieces and the finger pointing and the offseason that is going to be a little tough at times has officially begun for the 49ers and the tough choice right out of the rip. Obviously, already made. Already made. And look, you want to take Kyle's genius card back from him? Fine. You go right ahead. You do that. You want to say he's not who you hoped he was because he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet? That's fine. But let me tell you how this also works. Are you a 49ers fan? Quit bitching about your head coach because he ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. I'm going to say it again, just so everyone understands what this is. Doesn't matter what your feelings are. Doesn't matter how you feel about anything. Doesn't matter what emojis you tweet. He's a trash can. He's a sad crying face. He's a, he's a thumbs down. It doesn't matter what hieroglyphics you want to attach to your feeling about Kyle Shanahan. Jed York loves him. He's empowered him to infinity, and he ain't going nowhere So if you don't like Kyle Shanahan as the head coach of the 49ers, you better buckle up. You're going to have a real bumpy ride. I'm not even saying it's right or wrong. It just is. It is. So there you go. You know, stop. If you are, I don't care how old you are. If you are complaining that Kyle Shanahan is your head coach, you are an old man shaking your fist at the clouds. Clouds aren't interested in your anger, your position, how you feel. The truth is, 
And there is more overwhelming evidence that he is good at this than there than he is bad at this. The only incomplete on Kyle's resume is a Lombardi trophy. And if we fired all head coaches seven years into their careers without Lombardi trophies, well, there'd be a whole bunch of coaches who never even got an opportunity to win a Lombardi trophy. Kyle's biggest sin is having actually played for two of these things and come away with none of these things as a head coach. That's his biggest sin. It ain't good. No one's happy about it. But it's officially time to grow up and realize he's not going anywhere. Whether you like it or not is irrelevant. It doesn't matter what you do or do not like. It just doesn't matter. And I can tell you right now, if you're a 49er fan, bitch and moan all you want this entire offseason. Coin toss, week one, kickoff, you'll be there. I know you will be. And you know you will be. So bitch and moan all you need to. But we know how this works. We know what's about to happen. And it's going to happen on Kyle Shanahan's watch. Let me thank my man, Ike, who I don't know what you're doing for lunch this afternoon, but you should definitely do it with my man, Ike. You can order right now if you've downloaded his app and earn your way to eating free sandwiches. If you are in charge of lunch for your office, Go ahead and check out Ike's Catering. He can have a box of sandwiches at your office this afternoon, and you're going to have nothing but smiling, happy people eating lunch together. Ah, the communal lunch hour. Let's get it back. Let's bring it back, and let's bring it back with little Ike's Catering. Get yourself to Ike's either for your sandwich, a sandwich for your entire office, a lot of delicious sandwiches, anything that you might think of. Believe me, he's already got it on his menu Get yourself to Ike's. That's my guy. And you already know he's your guy too. So get yourself to Ike's. So. The beauty of all this, we streamline it to make sure we never waste your time. We never drag you through a show full of content that you do not need nor do not want. We are going to, at the end of this show, I'm just going to prepare everyone right now so you can do what you need to do mentally to get through it. But we are going to talk about the absolute tragedy in the horror show that broke out at Kansas City's Super Bowl championship parade yesterday. But that's going to be at the end of the show. And we're going to do it in a nonpartisan way. So don't run away because you think you might hear something that you don't like hearing about. Until the segment actually happens. But before that, man, the Warriors blew an incredible game out of Steph Curry last night. He had 41 as they blew a lead to the Los Angeles Clippers, who had neither Kawhi for the entire game, nor did they have Paul George for the end of the game because he had fouled out of the game. And that is just one of those, you know, you've won five in a row, push it to six, let everybody know you're serious by taking care of this Clipper team. And they end up getting outscored 44-28 in the fourth quarter for another big blown lead just when everything's starting to go well. Just when everything is starting to go well, the Warriors blow it again. Again, 41 from Steph Curry. Klay Thompson, dude, Klay Thompson cannot take nine threes when he hits only one of them. Okay, like that guy is just, you cannot count on Klay Thompson game in, game out anymore. 
Like, you can see it early on. Like, he's got it tonight or he doesn't got it tonight. Act accordingly. All I can tell you is every single time the Warriors lose a game in which Trace Jackson Davis gets a coach DNP, I'm going to celebrate it. The Warriors don't deserve to win when Trace Jackson Davis gets a coach DNP. That is negligence. That is arrogance. That is a lack of development. It is, um, a, a, it's a reason why Jonathan Kaminga took so long to develop because when it comes to getting any young player into a routine, Steve Kerr and his coaching staff are bad at it. There's just no doubt about it. how does Trace Jackson Davis get no run in the first game of a back-to-back. How does that make any sense? I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. Get him out there. Brendan Pajemski gets his minutes. He's a scrapper, too. I really like Pajemski. He was the team's second-leading scorer last night. Um, You know, Andrew Wiggins, just, I can't stand Andrew Wiggins. What a passive player. It's the opposite of a leader, a dog, uh, I'm going to take over, nothing. I just, I can't stand Andrew Wiggins. If he never played another game for the Golden State Warriors, I think I'd like the Warriors more. I can't stand him. He's awful. Clay Thompson, huge freaking fork sticking out of his back at times, and it's just, it's hard to watch. What I wanted was a win last night to tell you about how, yeah, that's six in a row. They're going to Utah. Take care of business up in Utah. Things are going to get better. Things are going into the break with a little momentum. Let's see if that indeed happens. Warriors, yes, tonight. Damn, though. I just cannot be wasting 41-point performances from Steph Curry. You don't have that luxury anymore. You've got to capitalize and win on those nights. So Warriors blew an incredible game. Did you see the NBA's got some other drama for us here? Uh, Detroit Pistons Center. Got this right off of ESPN.com. Detroit Pistons Center Isaiah Stewart was arrested for assault Wednesday after punching Phoenix Suns center Drew Eubanks in the arena hours before the teams even played. Eubanks said before the game that the altercation happened as he was coming into the arena. He said an argument started and they were chest to chest before Stewart threw the punch. Security intervened and Eubanks said that he was fine for the game, though police say he suffered a minor injury. Now, Stewart is, uh, you know, he's, he's a scrappy guy. Uh, he got involved in an on-court on, uh, confrontation with uh, just LeBron a couple of years ago. He got suspended for a couple of games because of that. Um, Kevin Durant says, it's unfortunate what happened before the game. It's supposed to be a brotherhood, but I could also understand dudes get into stuff. We try to avoid that in this league. Hopefully we can move on from it. We all support Drew. The only thing I can tell you, Drew Eubanks today is boy, do you look like a total pussy? I'm sorry, dude. Like you, who called the cops? Who called the cops? You brought in the cops? The police were on the scene for this? 
<laughs> you douchebags. What are you serious? I mean, good Lord. You better knuckle up and get the scrapple on if somebody does that to you. You don't call the cops. You don't, that's just, that's just the biggest weak sauce in the world. We called the cops. <laughs> what? Dude, like that, that offends me more than any load management there is. What are you, are you seriously? You called the cops because somebody got popped in a tunnel? Like none of you would have survived 1982. Not none of you. That's nuts. That's nuts. A couple of other things before we get to uh, what happened in Kansas City for a little bit. Then we'll hop into Club Plus for a little bit. Uh, my friend Carl, very excited about the Oakland Bees, right? The independent team that's going to be playing over in Oakland. Apparently, 40 minutes after their official launch in their website, it crashed due to a flood of demand. So there you go. People do want to watch baseball over in the East Bay. They just don't want to give their money to John Fisher anymore, and I don't blame them for that. But I'll say this. Oakland, you have the opportunity to do something incredible here, and you better not blow it. Have you seen that the A's have basically come back to Oakland to talk about extending the lease at the Coliseum because their team vagabond and they're not going to be moving to Las Vegas anytime soon. Even if that were approved today and every, even if construction started today, they're not moving to Las Vegas anytime soon. And there's no way construction will begin in the 2024 calendar year because the A's are the biggest group of fuck-ups that have ever pretended to masquerade as sports owners. So they have come back. John Fisher sending in his little errand boy, Dave Cavill, to negotiate an extended lease with the city of Oakland. And Oakland, you have three options here, and you better choose the right one. To me, and I know that Oakland needs the money, the right choice is just beat it. No. I wouldn't negotiate. I wouldn't bring him back. Unless. Unless. Full-on No. Option number one, that's the option I would love to see the city of Oakland exercise. Probably too poor to do that. Number two, offer the A's a 50-year lease. That's it. You get a 50-year lease, you drop this Vegas nonsense, and you figure it out right here, and you stop treating this city like it's, it's a jump off. Okay? Or number three, and maybe this is the most realistic of them all. And I do think that this would absolutely dash Las Vegas too. But listen to this. Give them the lease. Give them the lease at the price they want. But in that lease, you have it in concrete stone writing that the name Athletics and the franchise's history Stay in Oakland. You can't take that to Vegas with you. We keep the team history. And so basically, Las Vegas, you are getting an expansion franchise with zero history. And if that is what Las Vegas is then getting, why would they want John Fisher to have? I mean, they, 
If I am Oakland, I am playing the hardest of hardball right here with this team. After everything that this team has done to diminish and embarrass the city of Oakland, including straight up bad faith negotiation and lies throughout the entirety of the Howard Terminal operation, if I were the city of Oakland, I would absolutely, with this process, look to put a bullseye on John Fisher's forehead and just hit it repeatedly. So good luck, Oakland. Good luck. Now, speaking of bullseyes. Twenty-two people injured. Twenty-two people injured in a shooting that ranged between the ages of 8 and 47 years old. Half of the injured were under the age of 16. 11 children children were wounded at the Super Bowl parade in Kansas City. One woman is dead. She was a DJ. Very, very sad. The whole thing is tragic. It's a miracle that with so many people wounded and shot that there aren't more casualties that have resulted in death. Wednesday's parade is the latest sports celebration in the United States to be marred by gun violence following a shooting that injured at least 10 people last year in downtown Denver after the Nuggets NBA championship. Gunfire last year at a parking lot near the Texas Rangers World Series championship parade. And I got to be totally honest with you, neither of those really pinged on my radar because a mass shooting in America is now, it, it might not even make the news it might not even make the news. It's so common and it's become so routine. And that's just tragically sad. You know, when Sandy Hook happened, America basically said, you can shoot classrooms of innocent children. We'll do nothing about it. Like that's when we made up our minds on, on, on doing anything about this. And the number one reason why we can't do anything about this is because of the Second Amendment. And the only thing that I'm going to tell you is my entire life, I have believed in the Second Amendment. I have believed in responsible gun ownership. I think that anyone who passes appropriate background checks should be able to purchase whatever they want. I mean, I'm dead serious. You can... if. I, I don't know why you would, but if you want to bring a bazooka with you anywhere you go, I'm fine with it. It's just please be responsible with your bazooka. This is for Republicans. This is for Democrats. This is for all Americans. Let's sit down at the table and talk with each other. Let's find a solution. Okay. I'm not touching the Second Amendment. Have all the guns you want. I'm not coming for a single gun. So there's no reason to complain that that's what I'm trying to do. We have a fork in the road. There are two ways to deal with this. You deal with the guns or you deal with the people. And if you're saying we can't deal with the guns, I mean, there's no other country in the world that has a problem with guns like we do. 
and you can draw a straight line to these problems, to the proliferation of guns due to the Second Amendment and all that stuff. But that's non-negotiable. I'll even concede to you it's non-negotiable. Okay. So we cannot drive down the road of changing anything about guns themselves, then we need to start funding mental health initiatives as if there were a war going on, because there is. I'm not here for your guns. Have all the guns you want. We then need to have the most serious, most funded, like it's an aircraft carrier pivot to mental health that this country has ever seen. Uh, around $280 billion spent on mental health services in 2020. Let's go ahead and bump that to half a trillion right now. Instead of ordering four more aircraft carriers for the war that will never be fought on a physical aircraft carrier level again, go ahead and fund first responders, people who are experts on mental health treatment, Response, care, facilities. We are in a war with ourselves. And if we cannot touch a gun, if that's the new, un, just can't do it, even though we probably should and could, if we can't do that, then we have to go down the other road. And the other road is mental health. The other road has to be mental health. Keep your guns. Keep voting MAGA. Keep voting. Keep it all. Keep it all. Keep it all. Be, be as much of a gun-loving, my family, on a Christmas card, cocking rifles, gun nut job as you want to be. You have to then vote for mental health initiatives everywhere else. Because doing nothing is not working. Doing nothing is not working. So fund mental health care like it was your job because it is because we have an endemic societal problem. Since 2020, there have been 2,559 documented mass shootings in the United States. That's 2,559 mass shootings in just over 1,500 days. We're at basically two mass shootings a day. So many of them that you don't even hear about most of them. What are we doing? What are we doing? What we're not doing is coming for the guns. Done. Keep all your guns. Get together with your buddies in the woods and play militia. You can have all your AR-15s. You can. I don't fucking care. You can take a gun barrel, stick it up your ass, and jerk off. You're so excited about it. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Fundamental care. Fundamental health care, like it was the United States military. Because the next big tack on American soil is going to come from a guy leaning out of the MGM Grand and shooting up a concert in Las Vegas. I mean, it's just amazing. 
This should be a priority for all Democrats, Republicans, all Americans, regardless of political affiliation. We can all agree that our loved ones being shot is probably a bad thing. So if we cannot touch the guns, if that is literally a non-starter, then we have to start in other places, don't we? Can we start in other places? More doctors, more nurses, more mental health, more psychologists, more child psychologists, more uh, boots on the ground of mental health care all over the United States. Millions of brand new mental health workers need to be uh, trained and brought in to work instantly. Have a draft of mental health care workers, whatever we need to do. But it's time to do something. We don't care about anything in America like we do football. And now that football's been threatened by this, maybe that'll, maybe that'll cause something to happen. Maybe. But probably not. But probably not. Do something. Do something. Don't touch a single gun. Don't touch a single gun. Everybody can have all the guns that they want. Have, have a great time. Fucking, I don't care. Can we do something else then? I'm willing to give you everything you've ever wanted in gun ownership, rights, everything. You can have it all. Have it all. But we got to do something else. I'm giving you everything. Can you give us something? Can that happen? I mean, I, I, we, we've, we've done this how many times? We've done this how many times? It's just gross. Oh, by the way, pitchers and catchers have reported. Nobody gives a shit. And there you go. There's your show today. That should have offended no one, by the way. If you were offended by what you just heard, you are the biggest fucking asshole in the world. So there you go. You're welcome. Sports don't build character. They reveal it.